0: Northwestern Medicine Relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.orgslash better.
1: Got lots of questions for you, doctor Copen. How you doing this afternoon?
0: I'm great, Anna. How are you today?
1: Okay. All right. Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Medicine, Lake Forest Hospital. Make sure I say that. Michigan. I'm looking at Michigan for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, I see that there is a flu outbreak, and we haven't heard of those in a long time. Five hundred and thirty cases at last check at the University of Michigan. Haven't heard a ton of that kind of news, Dr. Copen. What do you make of it?
0: Yeah, this is the first flu cluster that um, I'm aware of in the country this season, and it's pretty dramatic. Um, since October, they've had over 500 cases of influenza on the campus of the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. One of the things that the, uh, the health service people said um, recently over the last day or two, and this is really important, is three-quarters of the people with um, flu were not vaccinated, did not receive their annual flu vaccine. So that I think that's a good lesson for all of us about the importance of getting the flu vaccine. So everybody out there, if you've not yet gotten your annual influenza shot, your annual flu shot, please go ahead and get it. You don't want to be one of these people who get flu. Um, that's, that's not a good thing. Now, the other The other thing, which I think is really good news, Anna, these were young, healthy college students, Mm -hmm. so nobody wound up in the hospital. So Mm -hmm. that's a good thing. Um, And then the other interesting tidbit here is CDC has sent a team of investigators to learn from this outbreak. Um, There's a lot to learn when we see influenza clusters like this, and one thing CDC is really good at is this kind of investigation when there's a cluster of infectious disease. Oh, and you know what, Anna, one hmm. more thing. The what? strain of influenza that they found in Ann Arbor is actually one of the four strains of influenza that were protected for in the annual in this annual yes. flu shot. So that's good.
1: Yes, that is great to hear. Very good to hear. Um, when I got the flu, and it is a horrible experience, a couple years ago, my daughter got it too. We both had had the flu shot that year, and it just wasn't a coverage strain. So it was a Horrible thing to happen. That is good news to hear. That Dr. Copen and you know a lot of these students though, are he- heading home for Thanksgiving break. So another thing just to keep on the radar, I would think.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, and this is going to be true with the whole Thanksgiving week and the Thanksgiving weekend, right? People traveling. I I saw where uh, TSA predicts that like we're going to be back to pre-pandemic traveling. I mean, there's just a lot of pent up desire, right, to go see family and friends. They're going to have a lot of people traveling from lots of different places in the country. And, you know, we can imagine what that might do with different types of viruses, COVID, influenza, other things. So it's, it's everybody should have a wonderful Thanksgiving. But depending on your circumstance and your family's circumstance, as we've been talking about, Anna, it's really important that people exhibit the right kind of caution, mm-hmm. um, where they're going, who they're going to be with.
1: What else stands out to me is I saw this flu outbreak and I thought, geez, we haven't heard of that in a while. And I get I get why with mitigations and people staying away from each other. We haven't had flu outbreaks. But Michigan, University of Michigan, is where that's happening. Michigan is also recording the most covid cases in the United States right now. What do you make of that?
0: Yeah, So Michigan somehow managed to avoid our summer wave Mm -hmm. of covid. I don't understand how that happens, but there, there, parts of the country just didn't get hit over the summer the same way other places did. You know, even here in Illinois, we had it, right? So Michigan didn't, and it seems like they're getting it now. Um, this, the way this virus jumps from region to region is fascinating. Um, nobody really understands it. But when you, when you look at a, a map of the United States, Anna, it's it's so interesting how, remember, like, early in the summer, the southeast Florida, Alabama, Mississippi got hit so hard. In places like Michigan and New Hampshire, there was nothing going on. And now if you look at the heat map and you see where those bright red areas are, it's the exact opposite. Florida and the southeastern states are yellowed very little in the way of COVID right now, but these other states that were spared in the summer are getting hit hard right now. It'd be so great if we could figure this out. It's obviously weather related in some ways, but there's got to be more to the story.
1: Yeah, there does. And the other thing I always notice is somehow these areas tend to peak. There's a huge surge in cases, if you notice this too, just looking at the data, and then it comes a, a substantial drop right away.
0: Yeah, there's almost like a 90-day time to it, too. You know, if we look at it each time this has happened, you know, two and a half, three months, and then it drops. It's so interesting. So, you know, as unfortunately, as we garner more and more experience with this, this is exactly the kind of thing that the epidemiologists will be studying, looking at this data, different parts of the country, to try to get new insights into how a respiratory virus like COVID-19 spreads. And I think that knowledge is going to be very valuable for us mm-hmm. as we start taking the lessons of this pandemic and understand how we can act in a different way should we have another pandemic in the future.
1: Does it not follow the general flu data surges and the data, the, the way when you look at the data, It, it does it follow any similar pattern
0: Unfortunately not. Um, If we think back to the beginning of the pandemic, March and April of 2020, there was a lot of discussion about that. They're both respiratory viruses, so there was a lot of talk that we could expect this new coronavirus, COVID-19, to behave like the flu. It it has decidedly not Hmm. acted like the flu. So it's it's, it's just doing something different. And we really do have to figure this out and understand why that is.
1: Yeah, it doesn't help that it doesn't follow those similar patterns. But a lot more to learn about the coronavirus, and uh, I'm sure that we'll we'll get some answers um, in you know in, in due time. We have a couple of listeners talking about how they have different sorts of ailments, flus here, and do we do we have flus, stomach flu? Someone mentions is that going around?
0: Yeah. So all these other viral illnesses, like the the viral gastroenteritis. Um, That's just so mad at me when you get that. Yeah, that's around. um, It's it's November getting into December. We're seeing other respiratory viruses that come around this time of year. So, yeah, absolutely, we're seeing this. And when somebody gets cold-like symptoms now, um, what we call influenza-like symptoms, you have to be concerned that it could be COVID. Or it could be influenza, so everybody should have a low hurdle to mm-hmm. get um, to get tested to know what this is. And also, if you do develop upper respiratory symptoms, you're not feeling well. If at all possible, it's a good idea to stay home because you don't want to you don't want to spread whatever it is you have to other people. And we're in that time of the year, and this is also. For people who want to wear masks, you know, are comfortable wearing masks, and we still have our mask mandate in Illinois, it does help when people even have sniffles. Make sure you wear a mask if you have to go out, because it will help to protect other people.
1: Every time I hear someone say, "I'm sick," but no, it's not COVID; it's just a cold. I was like, "Well, wait a minute. How do we know?" Um, and right. and I just wonder how how do you how do you know? You take a test, and you're negative. Are you okay then? What What would you recommend if someone truly has? I don't know, symptoms, they, they're not sure they're COVID, but what do you what Do you do? You get to get two in a row tested or, or what?
0: Yeah, well, the two in a row tested would be if you're doing the antigen test, the rapid test that you do at home. Okay. Um, that, that was really developed. You're not feeling well. You test yourself twice over a period of 24 to 36 hours. If that's negative, you're probably negative. Um, you can also, if you if it's available, you can go get the PCR test. Um, stay home until the result of that comes back that one's very accurate you just have to wait 24 to 48 hours depending where you get tested in order to get the to get the results back but if you have cold symptoms and you can it really is a good idea to stay home i understand not everybody can But if you can stay home, stay home. You don't want to spread whatever it is to other people.
1: Dr. Koberner, sneezing and runny nose are those typical symptoms. I've heard with the Delta variant that those could be the ones that present themselves.
0: Yeah, the Delta variant, unfortunately, is really sneaky that way. Lots of people, particularly vaccinated people who get Delta, the only symptoms that they get can be very much like a mild cold. So if you have mild cold-like symptoms, there is a possibility it is it is COVID.
1: Hmm. So you do have to get tested and do have to be very cautious, especially as we lead into the holiday time. Dr. Copin, anything else you want to tell us about, anything else you're noticing in the hospitals? I have heard that more people over the age of 65 are finding themselves in the hospital, even though they're vaccinated.
0: Yeah, you know, Anna. That's one of the things that everybody always has to be thinking about. You know, who is it that's going to wind up in the hospital, other than the unvaccinated? You know, in my, I, I wish we didn't have to talk about the unvaccinated. You know, people who are unvaccinated are making a choice at this point, right? I mean we have we have vaccines. They're plentiful. They're they're easy to get if somebody at this point is not vaccinated and they don't have an absolute medical contraindication to getting vaccinated people are making a choice based on their own free will but older people you know particularly people you know not even over 65 but even when you get over like 75 and 80 mm-hmm. those those folks are at risk of getting sick if they get COVID and they can get COVID even if they've had a booster. So it's, this is something everybody really has to be aware of. You don't want to be the one responsible giving grandma COVID. Hmm. Um, And these are, we're seeing these kinds of people, you know, older folks coming to the hospital, fully vaccinated, Mm -hmm. but they come in and they're sick. Now the good news is most of the people who are vaccinated, even who require Admission, even the older ones, they're doing fine. Um, we're, we're 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 having a lot of success treating them. Um, but people who have the immunocompromised states and who are older, they can get quite ill. So you know we're 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 continually concerned about that population of our patients in the community. And you know everybody has to be thinking about them, particularly now as we're going into the holiday season.
1: Something definitely to keep in mind. Uh, one thing here, a listener asked two one nine. How good are those rapid tests, and how often do they come back false negative or false positive? I've had several, and they're negative, but I really wonder.
0: Yeah, I mean they're 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 accurate. They're looking for a particular protein that's on the that's on the virus. Um, it they were tested in people who had symptoms, you know, like the cold symptoms the we were talking about. So somebody who is asymptomatic has no symptoms all, at all and uses the test. Of course, it's good that it comes back negative, but we can't be totally certain with the accuracy because that's not what, how the test was tested. I'm hoping that we're going to get some more data in the near, in the near term. Mm-hmm. It's going to help us understand better what the value of these rapid antigen tests are in somebody who's asymptomatic.
1: Dr. Koppen, one more for you, then I promise I'll let you go. 312, why did the other vaccines like polio and measles work, but with COVID you can still get it um, and we are asked to get boosters?
0: So for the most part, the vaccines are not a hundred percent effective. So not 100% of people who get any vaccine are fully protected. There's still a group of people who are going to have breakthrough infections regardless of the infection. What happened with polio and what happened with measles, though, is we got to a point where we went over 70% of people getting vaccinated vaccinated. And it pretty much squashed the infection. So the infection just isn't the the causative organism just isn't around in the population anymore. So we have to hope the same thing is going to happen with COVID. I don't want anyone to think because there's such a thing as breakthrough infections with the COVID virus that the vaccine does not work. That's not true. The vaccine works. The vaccine protects us from severe illness but there always will be a certain percentage of breakthrough infections. That's just the nature of viral infections, and it's just the nature of our vaccines.
1: Dr. Jeffrey Copen, thank you for the time today. As always, appreciate you. Dr. Copen is Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Medicine, Lake Forest Hospital.